Good morning. My name is Chris Estes. That's like that. Yes, I'm the pastor of recovery here at Alamo Heights United Methodist Church. My lived experience as a person in 12-step recovery for nearly 23 years has taught me something I hope we can all use. The good news today is that God has seen to it that whatever our issue or our problems or our difficulty, neither you nor I have to figure out the solution on our own. God has given us a connection to each other as well as the power of God's Spirit in that connection. If we have a connection with each other and we are connected to the Spirit of God and the power of God within that connection. That's good news, isn't it? Yeah. Today I'm going to talk to you about this idea from Scripture and in light of my experience in recovery. Here's the idea. Two are better than one. And a cord of three strands is not easily broken. You see, sometimes we need the help of someone. And sometimes we need to give the help to someone. And always we need each other. Because that's where the power is and that's where the joy is. During this Lenten season, we're in a series on the book of Ecclesiastes. Today we're going to look at chapter 4, verses 7 through 12. Author and theologian Peter Enns cautions us against an optimistic reading of Ecclesiastes, as the author intends to question everything, even God himself. It's a book that's not for the faint of heart, and probably not for the new believer either. As you need to have weathered the storms of faith to fully appreciate the tough questions being asked, and ultimately, the hope found within. Now, today's scripture starts with a lament using the writer's familiar language of meaninglessness and toil. He points out the bankruptcy of even the rewards of solitary toil due to the lack of joy derived from the efforts. One commentator wrote, quote, The vanity of it all is that the unremitting determination and single-minded diligence reap not self-fulfillment, but self-deprivation. Hear now Ecclesiastes 4, verses 7 through 12. Reading from the New International Version. Again, I saw something meaningless under the sun. There was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. There was no end to his toil, yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. For whom am I toiling, he asked, and why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? This too is meaningless, a mean, miserable business. Two are better than one, because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, 
they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Now, you know how sometimes you just need a hug? Yeah. The teacher here in Ecclesiastes, Kohelet, sure seems like he or she needs a hug. Vapor, vanity, toil, folly, all alone, not content, depriving oneself of enjoyment, meaningless, a miserable business. Yes, Kohelet needs a hug. When we need a hug, we really aren't expecting someone to fix our problem. And when we give a hug, we aren't really expecting to fix someone else's problem. Instead, we are engaging in a holy moment, a moment of experiencing the joy of connection, a moment of presence, a moment that says, I'm for you, but more importantly, I'm with you. Sometimes we're saying I love you, and sometimes we are preaching the best three-word sermon we can give. Yeah, me too. Here is something that Kohelet would agree with. Hugging yourself doesn't work too well. Right? When I was young, I could do it, right? And it kind of looked like I was doing it, right? But uh, now I'm not so young. It seems like my arms have shrunk. Right? They don't quite make it all the way around anymore. You know, it doesn't work, and there's no joy in it. Two are better than one, and a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Mutuality, we heard about that in the, the film. By the way, that was the uh, Father R Greg Bo uh, Boyle, and he's from Homeboy Ministries, is that what it's called, guys? In Los Angeles, um, for decades, he's been ministering in the inner city, homeless gang member people in Los Angeles, and uh, they've actually started businesses and are moving forward. And what he talked about was the importance of not just being for, but being with. And, uh, and he talked about mutuality in that, in that film. Mutuality is a positive, interactive relationship between people. There's an inherent sense of give and take or respect when there's mutuality in a relationship. If you have a relationship that works well, whether it's with a teacher, a spiritual advisor, your best friend, your hiking partner, your recovery sponsor, it's undoubtedly because of mutuality. The recovery movement is based in mutuality. Since it's mutual, it goes a couple of ways. Sometimes I need the help of others to stay clean and sober. Sometimes I need to be the one giving the help to others for me to stay clean and sober. Do you hear that right? I'm not giving the help for him to stay clean and sober. I'm giving the help for me to stay clean and sober. But always, we need each other, because that's where the power is, and that's where the joy is. We say this in recovery. I get drunk. We stay sober. Mutuality. 
Support of friends and healthy relationships are absolutely necessary for successful recovery and a joyful life. When we fall down, we need help to get up. If we stand alone, we are especially vulnerable to the inner enemies we use. We must learn to trust others, to reach out to others, and to admit our need for others. This gives us added strength, wisdom, and protection against our dependencies and compulsions. Sometimes we just need the help of others. But the real magic bullet of recovery is this, enlightened self-interest. We have to give it away to keep it. Sometimes we need to give it away. Sometimes we need to be giving the help. After he sobered up in 1934, AA co-founder Bill W., that's Alcoholics Anonymous co-founder Bill W., worked for six months sharing his message of a spiritual awakening and the solution to alcoholism to alcoholics in New York. None of them stayed sober. After lamenting to his wife that despite his efforts, no one had stayed sober, she corrected him. But Bill, she said, you stayed sober. Soon thereafter, Bill W. went to Akron, Ohio, on a business venture that collapsed, leaving him in fear that he might start drinking again. He realized that in order to save himself, he must carry his message to another alcoholic. In the lobby of the hotel was a church directory. He started calling, hoping to find an alcoholic that he could work with. He did. The next day, he shared his message with Dr. Bob Smith who sobered up and is now considered the co-founder of AA, the first fellowship of the 12-step movement. Dr. Bob needed the help to get sober. Bill W. needed to give the help to stay sober. Bill's act of enlightened self-interest resulted in the joy of recovery for millions of people worldwide, including some of us in this room right now. Before I showed up to recovery, I toiled alone. They say if you drink long enough, you'll eventually drink alone. I was having panic attacks on airplanes. I was depressed, anxious, and abusing alcohol to medicate myself. I was lonely. You know the way we generally treat loneliness? Isolation. Talk about meaningless folly. I thought the way through any problem was to figure it out or hire somebody. Pull myself up by my bootstraps and march on. I read self-help books until I passed out drunk. I couldn't fix the junk in my head with the junk in my head. But through a chain of miracles, God delivered me to the good people of an anonymous 12-step fellowship of which I've been a sober member since July 24, 1999. I needed help. The people there needed to give me help. The result has been joy. The place many people start their recovery journey is named Club 12 here in San Antonio. It's off San Pedro, south of the North Star Mall. Each week, the club hosts 70 or 80 AA meetings and 14 Al-Anon meetings for the family and friends of alcoholics. Here at AHUMC, we host 10 or so recovery meetings per week from a variety of fellowships. 
I played guitar in a bar band at the time I showed up to recovery. I went by the stage name Austin T. Healy, legend in my own mind. <laughs> we played several times a week at some real garden spots like the Make My Day Lounge on Perrin Beidel <laughs> and the other woman down on the south side. Right? So I was five days sober on a Friday night sitting in the big room at Club 12 after a meeting. I was by myself at the table wearing my Austin T. Healy clothes because I had a gig that night. Now, part of my Austin T. Healy type outfit was a load of turquoise, which I'm, some of which I'm wearing here today. I was very concerned about how I was going to play the gig and not drink. As I worried, up walked a woman named Francesca. I didn't know her, but I had seen her in meetings. You remember? Yeah. She then exclaimed, I love that bracelet! while grabbing it as she sat down. After an introduction, she asked all about my turquoise and why I was dressed the way I was. I explained that in addition to being Chris E., an alcoholic, I was also Austin T. Healy, legend in my own mind. And I was dressed in my Austin T. Healy clothes because I was going to play a gig that night. And I was worried about how I was going to stay sober. She asked where I was playing that night, and I told her, Jay Vincent's on West Avenue, another garden spot. She exclaimed, oh, I used to love that place. I'll be there, and I'll bring my sponsor and some friends. I asked, well, why would you do that? She said, well, to help you not drink and to keep myself sober. That's what we do, honey. And she showed up, and so did her sponsor. And so did her friends. And for the next six months, until my bar band career ended, and I became the contemporary Christian praise and worship artist, formerly known as Austin T. Healy, legend of my own mind, <laughs> they kept showing up because I needed the help. They needed the help. The result was joy. Today I wear this turquoise, and when I wear this turquoise, I think about the love and joy I found and the people in recovery. Two is better than one, and a cord of three strands is not easily broken. Monday of last week, 13 days ago, I had surgery on my retina in my right eye. Now, try as I might, I wasn't able to do that surgery on my own. <laughs> Dr. Holy, it's, a, by the way, a great name for a, uh, oops, Great, great name for a surgeon, by the way, Dr. Holy. Oh, I can't even keep my ear thing on. Where's my armor bearer? Where's my armor bearer? <laughs> armor bearer? Uh, there we go. There we go. Thank you. Whew, yeah, two are better than one. <laughs> uh. Yeah, Dr. Holy, uh, great name for a, for a surgeon. Well, anyway, she gave me a patch to wear on my eye, and I wore that for several days. And while I had the patch on my eye, that reminded me of the time I met Oprah. How about that for a segue, right? I was still new to recovery, and I didn't quite have my act together yet. Emotional roller coaster would be a good way to describe it. I had to go to Newport Beach, California for an advertising awards show with people that I did business with. 
people I had varying emotional attachments to, <laughs> and people that drank like I drank. I was worried. So much so that I asked my spiritual advisor, Ben C., if he would come down from Austin and go with me to California. He was broke, so I told him I'd pay his way. <laughs> he agreed. So the day before we were to leave, which was a Thursday, he developed a problem with his eye. It was a retina problem. A procedure was scheduled for the following Tuesday, and he was given a patch for the eye. After telling me about it, he assured me that he was still coming with me. I asked, why would you do that? He replied, that's what we do. And besides, an all-expense-paid trip to Newport Beach, California sounds a whole lot better than sitting around my apartment all weekend worried about my eye. Now that's enlightened self-interest. <laughs> Prior to the Saturday awards show, Ben and I were on the elevator in our resort-provided thick white terry cloth robes on our way back from the pool. Interestingly, at the pool was Mike, Beach, or Mike uh, Love from the Beach Boys and with his two girlfriends down at the pool. We hung out with them that afternoon. As the door was about to close, I heard a woman's voice saying, hold the elevator. While I held the door open, on walked Oprah Winfrey. After she thanked me, I asked her, how are you today? She said she was doing fine and asked, and how are you gentlemen doing? Ben and his eye patch and his terry cloth robe leaned forward and said, dead solid perfect and getting better by the moment. She said, why, that's wonderful. To which Ben replied, you know, we have a choice. <laughs> Oprah said, I've never thought about that before. To which Ben leaned in with his final piece of advice to the richest woman in the world and the most famous woman on television. Well, you can use that line. I stole it from someone myself, you know. <laughs> Mercifully, the elevator opened. It reached Oprah's floor and she got off. Ben told Oprah, have a good day unless you have other plans. <laughs> to which Oprah replied with a puzzled, uh, you too. As the door closed, Ben looked at me through his one good eye and said, you know, that woman looked like Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> it was Oprah Winfrey. Only a broke, one-eyed alcoholic be giving you know, advice to and feeding lines to the most famous woman on television. I don't know how many times Ben told that story before he passed a couple years ago, but there was joy in his heart and voice every time he told it, as there is in mine. I needed help that weekend. Ben needed to give me help that weekend. The result was joy. Two's better than one. And a cord of three strands is not easily broken. As the worship team comes forward, contained in the idea of a Trinitarian Godhead is mutuality. The Trinity has been described as a divine dance of giving and receiving, giving and receiving between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We are invited to join the dance. 
Another metaphor comes from Franciscan philosopher, theologian, and mystic St. Bonaventure. He describes the Trinity as a, quote, fountain fullness of overflowing love. Author Richard Rohr describes it this way. Picture three buckets on a moving water wheel. Each bucket empties out and swings back, inevitably waiting to be filled again. And it always is. The three persons of the Trinity empty themselves and pour themselves out into each other. Each knows they can empty themselves because they will be forever refilled. To understand this mystery of love fully, we need to stand under the flow and participate in it, giving and receiving, giving and receiving. It's infinite outpouring and infinite infilling without end. It can only be experienced as flow, as a community, as a relationship, as an inherent connection in mutuality. My final thought goes back to needing the hug. Sometimes we need a hug from someone. Sometimes we need to give a hug to someone. The Spirit of God that is with us produces the strength, the power, and the joy. Armor bearer, will you come forward? <laughs> Here's another picture of the life of the Trinitarian God that we are invited into. <laughs> the Father and the Son. The Holy Spirit is the embrace itself. A picture of mutuality, power, protection, and joy. Amen. Let us pray. God, thank you for giving us each other. Thank you that we don't have to do this alone. Thank you for this idea of enlightened self-interest, where through your prompting and through your power and through the experience that you've given to me and each of us, we can actually save lives by sharing ourselves, by pouring ourselves out. And in the process, we can save ourselves. Thank you for that, God. And God, would you grant us the serenity to accept the things we cannot change, the courage to change the things we can, and the wisdom to know the difference. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Worship. Lead us into the presence.